Hey guys, welcome to the Scripture Study Project, a fresh and faithful study of the Scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you're learning to others. I'm Zach, and I'm here with my gorgeous wife, Krista. In this episode, we are studying 1 Nephi chapter 1, How to Overcome Destruction. We are excited for these first couple of episodes of our podcast and are excited to be with you. So we're going to start off this episode with our study tip. And that study tip is to read the scriptures. That sounds pretty basic, right? But I think that reading the scriptures gets a bad rap. So often we're taught to study and study and study, which is great. There's a place for that. But I believe so strongly that there is so much value to reading and understanding the story. I have felt that personally, that when I have understood the story, particularly for me that happened with the Book of Mormon, where reading through and understanding the characters has changed the way that I look at the scriptures in the Book of Mormon. When we talked about this, it made me think of uh, going hiking with my family. We would go on these big family backpack trips, and I was always impressed. My dad and his brothers would pull out these big topographical maps and they would take a look at the terrain, map out where we were going, where we were going to make camp, where the passes were, where the inclines were, where the lakes were. Um, And I thought that's probably the way that we could approach scripture study. Sometimes it's difficult to go fishing in a lake deep in the mountains unless you know how to get there. I think the same thing applies to our scripture study. Sometimes some of the best and deepest insights only come once you know the terrain, once you know the characters, and and honestly, once you love the story. So that's our tip for today, and we're going to practice it in 1 Nephi chapter 1. I was struck in 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 1, the verse that we read quite often, that Nephi's intent on telling his father's story. If you want proof that fathers make a difference in the lives of their son or their sons or their children, then you don't need to look much further than just this one verse where Nephi wants you to know right out of the gate that he's been born of goodly parents and that his father has taught him and uh, had a big impact on his life. Makes me think this isn't a story unique just to Nephi. In the beginning of Jacob chapter 1, Jacob talks about his family. In the very next book, in Enos, Enos talks about his father. In the very next book of Jerem, Jerem talks about his father, and on and on. Throughout the Book of Mormon, you hear prophets talking about the impact that their father has had on them, or that their parents have had on them. And then how it affected their rest of their lives. I have so often, I mean, we talk about this being the most often read scripture in the Book of Mormon, the very beginning is how many times have we started the Book of Mormon. But I have really, just reading through this again, have appreciated and loved the last sentence here when he talks about because of his goodly parents and his father, like Zach just mentioned, um, the afflictions he'd seen and feeling highly favored of the Lord and having a great knowledge and goodness because of those afflictions and the things that he went through and how that helped him see and understand who God was and where God wanted him to be. And that all started with his father teaching him. So what we want to ask at the beginning of this study is a question that actually comes from that first verse, and more specifically from verse 4. 
Nephi mentions one of the first things that he has seen or experienced in his days is his afflictions. And if you know the story of the Book of Mormon, if you know Nephi and his brothers, you know that his life is fraught with difficulties and trials, hardships, uh, rejections, attempted murders, etc. It's not an easy life that Nephi has to live. And so he chooses his father's story in the first chapter of Nephi, I think, to show what someone does or what someone should do or could do when faced with those kinds of trials and difficulties. So in verse 4, he begins the story and he talks about the first, they're living during the reign of King Zedekiah, which if you know your Old Testament, which I'm sure we all do, uh, Zedekiah is not a very good king. He, um, he's counseled by prophets uh, and consistently acts against their counsel. And because of that, Zedekiah is the one that essentially loses the kingdom of Judah's freedom to Babylonian conquerors. In fact, his life ends with him being forced to watch the death of his son and then having his eyes put out, being carried captive into Babylon and living the rest of his days in captivity there. So not a very good king. And Nephi tells us in chapter 4 that the people in Jerusalem at the time aren't very, aren't living very good lives. There's uh, wickedness so much so that the city is about to be destroyed. And a lot of times in the story, I've focused on the global story of Jerusalem is wicked and Nephi and his family are going to go find a promised land. And that big global story is wonderful and interesting. But this time through, I've been much more interested in the personal story. This is a family who just got some of the biggest news that a family could get. The city you're living in is going to be destroyed. And what I think follows in the next 16 verses is how this family deals with the news of pending destruction. As we've been talking about this episode, um, we've thought about and talked about a lot of the problems that families that we know have faced recently and some of the hardships that they faced. And the question I think we want to ask is, how do you make it through that? Yeah, I think we see those things all over the place on a very personal level. I have recently, you know, been talking with a friend whose whose son was diagnosed with an illness that they don't know the future of, they don't have a cure for. And so it's a lot of experimenting and a lot of, you know, parental support going on online. And she was just mentioning that in a lot of those online forums that it becomes a polar opposite of how people handle it. You know, these, these hard things can either make us more faithful and more turning to God um, or the opposite happens where we become bitter and especially bitter toward God when hard things happen. I kind of feel like we today are living in some of this, this destruction. We see destruction all over. I, today we heard of another, of another shooting. I think those things have been happening way too often that that fear is all around us. There's fear of destruction. This story becomes real and alive for us when we look at it in that way, which is why when you go to the next verse, I think we see how Lehi and how Nephi handled this story and why Nephi loves his dad. So what we did is we studied this block with that question in mind, and we'd love you to study along with us. 
The question is, what do you do or what does your family do? What can they do when faced with these kinds of trials, afflictions is the word that Nephi uses, or not to be too dramatic, but faced with destructions? So yeah, let's let's talk verse 5. Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart, in behalf of his people. And included in those people are his family, the people he's close to, the people he's lived with. And I love that that follows that verse. Because what more can we do than opening up that connection to God? And that is where Lehi turned, and that is where Nephi gets his example from. Makes me think, as we've been wrestling with how to better study scriptures for this podcast, there's a bunch of natural connections that come from that. I like in this verse how prayer is tied to immediate relevance. Um, this isn't Lehi saying a prayer. Uh, this is Lehi praying to the Lord about things that are immediately happening to him. God is an active part of his life. It's someone that he knows he can turn to in difficult times and someone that he relies upon for strength and for blessings for his people, for his family. As he went forth, he prayed. As I was looking at this, my answer to the question of what do you do in difficulties comes from what Elder Holland actually calls the story. If you follow just the next couple of verses, you notice the actions that Lehi takes. So verse 5, Krista mentioned he prays. And because of that prayer in verse 6, there's a pillar of fire. And in that pillar of fire, um, Lehi is overcome with the Spirit, verse 7. In that state of being overcome, he sees in vision... God the Father and the Son. Um, he sees numberless concourses of angels. He sees the 12 apostles. Um, they come and give him a book. When he reads the book, he's filled with the Spirit. And that book then tells him about the future, not just the future of Jerusalem, uh, but the future, capital F future. Uh, in verse 16, it mentions that he has visions, plural, and dreams, plural. And then he writes down those visions and those dreams, uh, writes down his own prophecies because of the things which he's seen and learned from the book and from the visions. He then, of course, preaches to the people in Jerusalem because of his preaching. He's mocked, and eventually, in verse 20, they seek to take away his life. So the recap of the story is that in this difficult situation, a man prays, sees a pillar of fire, is overcome with the Spirit, then sees God and Jesus, who give him a book, along with multiple visions and dreams, which he witnesses of and which he writes about. And because of what he witnesses and writes, he's condemned and marked for death. As I read this story, and as Elder Holland points this out, this isn't just Lehi's story. It will also be Nephi's story as he prays and sees visions and writes, and because of what he teaches, is uh, rejected, abused, and marked for death. Of course, it's not just Nephi's story either. The story cares throughout the whole Book of Mormon. It's Joseph Smith's story. He sees a pillar of fire, sees the Father and the Son, is given a book, preaches and teaches, and because of that preaching and teaching, 
he's rejected and will be killed. It's the story of Jesus Christ, where he sees and knows of his calling from the Father. He teaches and preaches, and because of that, he's rejected and then marked for death. I wonder if the story is repeated so often because this is the story about how we not just come closer to God, but especially how we come closer to God in times of trial. Our first step is to call out to him in prayer. His next step is to, if not appear to us, then make known to us that he loves us and that he cares about us and that he's with us. And maybe most immediate to us is to give us books, scriptures, that will tell us about what's coming. Not just for us, but coming for our families. Um, Our next step is then to start teaching and talking about those things that we're learning from the book or from other experiences that we're having. But of course, that teaching, that talking is never going to be popular and never going to be received with complete welcome by the world in which we live. But it's that pattern of prayer, answer, study, experience, and testimony that I think help us go through trials, help us deal with afflictions, with destructions, with problems that are going on in our families or in our personal lives. And just as Lehi experienced um, in verse 19, it talks about how he... As he preached, he was mocked as he testified. He was constantly made fun of, maybe in our terms, for what he had seen and done. But I love at the end of verse 19, um, he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming of a Messiah, and also the redemption of the world. He knew because he was focused on the Messiah. He knew because he kept his eyes focused on the Savior. And what um, what a better example for us to follow than when things are going to get hard, and they are hard, and there is those hard things around us. Um, but when we really do keep our, keep our hearts and our eyes fastened on the Savior and really come to understand that he is the center and he is why we are here doing these things, then that's what it's all about. The family that uh, Krista mentioned with this child that's just been diagnosed or recently been diagnosed with this disease, one of the things that we've talked about with them and with others that we know like them uh, is how their trials and their difficulties have turned them more towards God. Um, We had some family friends a couple of years ago that lost one of their children tragically, and we were amazed at how much that incident, as tragic and horrible as it was, pulled them closer to their Father in Heaven. The testimonies that they shared because of the destruction that they had been through um, strengthened my own testimony uh, and has had an impact on many other people. I don't know if we go around wishing for trials and destruction so that our faith can grow, but I kind of think that Heavenly Father sometimes lets those moments happen so that we feel inclined to call out to him so that he can make of us something more, so that he can show us that pillar of fire, so that he can appear to us or speak to us or touch us or teach us through the books and the scriptures and the prophets that he's given us. And so as you think about this episode, as you think about the the lessons from 1 Nephi chapter 1, 
Consider the trials and the afflictions and the possible destructions that are going on in your own life. And then consider the story, the story that Lehi and Nephi and Joseph and Alma the Younger and Alma the Older and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and everyone else follows. What's your relationship with God? Do you pray to him? Not just say prayers, but do you pray to him? Do you study the books that he's given you? Do you take time to listen to what he says to you? Do you take time to teach others, regardless of what the feedback might be? Do you take time to teach others about the visions, the dreams, the experiences, and the lessons that you're learning? And I think if we do that, we will be able to say, like Nephi does at the end of verse 20, that we have seen the tender mercies of the Lord delivering us from our afflictions and from our trials. Because we both testify that he is here to deliver us. So with that note, um, we will move on to our teaching tip, which is what we'll end with here today and each episode after this. Um, And our teaching tip relates right back to our study tip in reading the scriptures. Read the story. Enjoy the story of the scriptures. My um, recent scripture endeavor is reading with my kids each morning and we try and do this during breakfast which you know isn't always as perfect as you want it to be but we are reading through the stories we're listening as we eat and we usually have a you know a question in mind to try and keep our minds focused but my kids love the story and I feel like I'm winning when they love the story because that's where it all begins they're starting to know and understand the characters and understanding what's happening and understanding these experiences that these that these people in the scriptures are having with God and that is so worth it reading the scriptures in any form brings blessings thank you so much for listening this episode as always we would love to hear from you we are both on Instagram Krista is at Krista Joe Horton and I am at millennial.mormon Send us your questions, your comments, your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next episode.